At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMMLP operating out of Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. It is The Rocket Shop. Good evening. I'm your host, Tom Proctor. And with me tonight is Lewis Betancourt. Betancourt, sorry. Yeah, that's we, perfect. That sounds nice. We were debating for so long how to say your first name. Yeah, that I didn't yeah. even think about Lewis, your second. Lewis, uh, <laughs> I like the way you said that in court. Well, Luis, uh, I hope you well. It's been a bit of a weird, muggy day, so uh, mm-hmm. at least the... the the strings are keeping nice and moist. And they, they, are. they are. Yeah, I spent it on a boat, so that was kind of nice. You spent yeah. on a boat. Some friends in town, so you know, I live on. I live in North Hero right now, so uh, we're uh, so surrounded boat. by water. So, like, what else to do on a nice summer, summer day? I was gonna say it's probably just you commute. You know, yeah. go on a boat. Oh, I'm on my sea legs right now, so this, <laughs> this, this room is swaying a bit. <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> uh, well, we always love starting off with a song. So, what have you got for us? All right, this first song is called uh, Jesus, Don't You Sweat My Situation. It's not a religious song, but uh, <laughs> it's a song off an uh, album I did a few years back called uh, Pretty Music for the Mouth. Jesus, don't you sweat my situation. All of my sins are well accounted for Maybe you should put in for vacation I'll attend to mine if you attend Sake, don't lock the door. Jesus, don't you stay my execution. You can relate to crimes worth dying for. Leave this body. Just as I have used it Less a temple than a motel on the shore Stayed and shuttered forevermore Cloud repairs to sea and steps Upward wandering This changes stay The added way And the shapelessness Is this transfiguration Of simply transformation Would you rather be a window screen then one that's shade is drawn upward to reveal the dawn 
of your true self turning on, 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 on. Betting court there with Jesus, don't you sweat my situation. As you mentioned at the top of the song, not a religious one. No. Obviously, Jesus, uh, <laughs> a bit of a central character in it. I'm assuming, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that Jesus was another entity that you're speaking to in that song. So, do you, you want to talk to me a little bit about that? It's, uh, it's a beautiful song, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it's, uh, you know, a lot of my songs are a little bit more, I guess, lyrically for lack of a better word, impressionistic or whatever, but uh, I was trying to write a song that might be a little bit more character-driven, so I was kind of imagining somebody on death row, I think I'd been reading the news or whatever, and uh, so I was trying to write it from that perspective a little bit, and uh, maybe somebody who not, is not necessarily religious, but who at that moment kind of turns to, to this, this other, you know, being higher uh entity and uh yeah and just imagining what the you know just basically being like hey you know don't sweat it don't sweat my situation <laughs> i'm not this is where i'm at and this is i've my life has led to this moment and uh and also this idea of like transfiguration versus transformation as i said in the song just like the process of change and this moment you know of execution obviously being an instant transformation uh or a transfiguration and i guess makes it seem like a more of a transforming into an, a more exalted graceful entity or whatever so yeah I, I don't yeah no like... that was a fantastic answer um it then prompted the question of the songs you're writing do you tend to put yourself in other people's shoes as you're writing them and trying to see things from other people's perspective rather than your own? Or is this kind of anomaly and you kind of usually write from your own perspective or is it maybe a bit of a mix of the two? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, as I get older, it becomes a mix of the two, but I think generally it's an anomaly of sorts. I, I don't, I tend to, to write from more of an autobiographical uh, perspective, I guess, you know. Uh, but it's, it's a fun exercise, you know, to to try to step outside of that a little bit. And I guess most songs are autobiographical anyway, I'm sure, even when you were writing this song, Absolutely. it was yourself in that situation rather than maybe that person themselves. Um, right, it's like the person, I think, you know, uh, when I wrote this song, it was around the time of, a little bit of a tumultuous time and uh, in my life, I guess, and just losing friends who, uh, you know, suddenly, and just, I guess it just kind of puts you into that place of, looking back at your own life a little bit and looking at what's beyond. <laughs> exactly. So Completely. And uh, obviously mortality, or the looking into the face of mortality at various ages ends up creating a lot of different thoughts depending on where obviously you are uh, in your own journey, but then also especially at the age that you're at. Right. And um, 
Yeah, no, as I said, beautiful song. I'm really glad you shared it with us. Cheers, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so, as you kind of uh, mentioned, you uh, before we came on air, you grew up in Colchester. Um, you recently moved back from Brooklyn. Yes. Um, lived awesome. there for a couple of years myself. Fun, fun place. Um, too much for me, obviously. I only lasted two years before I tapped <laughs> out. Uh, but for you, what prompted the move home? Um, well, you know, I had been there for... Counted on, you know, I went there for and to go to school, and when I was seventeen, and uh, ended up being there for like twenty four years. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's the way New York works. Uh, but yeah, I have a family. My wife is from uh, from Burlington originally. We had been living out there for a while. And then we had a, our first daughter, Una. Uh, at, she's six now, but uh, we had her out there. And then, of course, like the world went a little bit crazy. We had our second child right at the kind of the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, that's um, fun. That's fun for you. So, yeah, that was fun. And I, I guess, you know, it just... I had my fun in Brooklyn and uh, and lived my life there and kind of wanted to come back to a more calm, some more space, breathe in some fresh air, raise some kids. And uh, we have a lot of family here as well and friends. So it just seemed like a natural move. I mean, we didn't count on moving to North Europe, but there was also, you know... <laughs> We didn't have many uh, pickings for housing, so to speak. So, but I actually love it out there. I love the, the islands. And I mean, it's gorgeous, gorgeous yeah. spot. I mean, it is a little here. bit out there, but yeah. even <laughs> even in the dead of winter, I mean, it's still absolutely stunning yeah. out there. It's uh, it, it you, you went to Brooklyn when you're 17 though, and yet you still end up with a, a woman from Burlington. Did yeah, you go out that, with her, or did that just kind that's of kind of crazy? Yeah, I met her here. Well, you know during one of my trips back and we were actually both going out to Oregon to like uh, Portland, like separately. We both had that plan. So we ended up out there for three months. I <laughs> couldn't find any work, uh, you know, sold all our clothes and bought concert tickets and such. And then went back. I was like, well, you know where you can get a slice of pizza like two in the morning, <laughs> good old New York. So, so yeah, we ended up back there and yeah. We're out there for together. We were out there for about seventeen years. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I just did my toe in the water. So I can only imagine what it would have been like to be there for, as you said, twenty twenty three years in total. Yeah, yeah, tw yeah, about twenty three, twenty four. Yeah. And the change you must have seen in in that time because you must have gone there like late nineties. Yeah, it was like ninety seven. Yeah, I went to NYU, so I was living in Manhattan for a couple of years, and then, you know, made my way across the river to Brooklyn, like in. 2000 so like right i mean williamsburg was like not nah, i was living there first and it was not even anything too expensive in the end yeah oh god <laughs> now forget it yeah. <laughs> i love nyu for its uh there's apparently a magnet from nyu to burlington and every now and then someone just just kind of gets into that traction and, and comes to burlington obviously you did it the other way around but there is a fair, fair few of your alumni kicking around i quite like it you you've, yeah. i've never met someone from nyu without a million great stories yeah it was <laughs> it was it was fun for sure <laughs> but i mean after college i thought it was even even better you know for a yeah. long time we ended up in red hook brooklyn for the, mm -hmm. the better part of our of my life there, and I loved, I mean, that community was very important to me, so. Well, I suppose North Hero is not that uh, dissimilar in the fact it is a million miles away from where everything else is going on, so you prepared yourself yeah, before yeah. you came back at the very least. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a small shift. <laughs> uh, so, I did read that you uh, used to run a monthly songwriter showcase in New York, mm -hmm. super fascinated about that. Um, 
also we'll touch on Lana Del Rey in a little <laughs> while. Uh, but tell me about that experience. Uh, as you've, you've quite clearly, at least by the first song, maybe the rest of the songs are trash, but the first song, brilliant lyricism, uh, really, really sticks uh, the listener right in that situation and, and great turns of phrases. As now obviously a very experienced songwriter yourself, what was it like and what did you learn hosting that in such a cultural melting pot as New York? Um, you know, I mean, it was, it was intimidating at first. I mean, that's what brought me to New York ultimately. I mean, I wanted to go to NYU just because I wanted to be in the village, you know, but it was just a couple decades behind. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I mean, I was just always surrounded by incredible musicians, you know, like people playing everything, you know, from like new soul to like, you know, hip hop to punk. And I just, uh, I felt like it was always like the it was always like a petri dish kind of of sorts you know um as i got older i just fell into different pockets different kind of musical music communities and uh you know where i ended up doing my monthly i, I used to run this monthly called uh the hookland holler and it was at this wonderful spot that's still there i uh, call it jalopy and it's a it's a theater of music they like it's a non-profit they, they just do incredible stuff there and they really fostered a you know, a community of, like, a lot of folk musicians, like, I think that was, like, the initial thing. So my, and I played in string bands and jug bands there as well with other musicians who, who really dug old folk music. Uh, but with the Hookland Holler, I was really trying to do a singer-songwriter showcase of all styles. Because I, I kind of felt like that was something that we needed more of in, in Brooklyn. I felt like, you know, the early 90s, it was more, I mean, early 2000s, it was more like... The, the hub of the strokes and everybody yeah. else like doing that kind of thing so and then i mean you got the voice for it at least so i'm sure you were i'm sure you were like you know right in the middle of that because of this very distinctive voice but yeah thank you i mean we yeah. all got taken over by the early 2000s indie God and it was us. wonderful i mean i loved it i mean i was all you know i had a i had a punk band uh for years in brooklyn uh this band called avo avo and uh just a couple buddies of mine this one guy who i play I, I think is the greatest drummer in the world. <laughs> and uh, my friend Ronnie, who's also actually in Burlington right now. Uh, but that was more of like a talking heads, Minutemen, like SST sort of vibe. So I guess Brooklyn just like allowed me or that environment allowed me to really try different musical styles. And there was always people there ready to play in that, you know, in those genres because I like to skip around a lot. So We, we hear a lot about you know how Burlington has this very open and nurturing musical scene and it's always in this comparison of well elsewhere it's backstabby elsewhere it's it's <laughs> uh it's you know crabs in a barrel um but from the way you're talking about Brooklyn it doesn't sound like the way at all it does that sound very kind of uh, you know if you're willing to give it a go or you're willing to share yourself with other people then there'll be always people there to kind of help you make that music it's I mean, are, yeah. we, are we getting it wrong? I'm most likely. No, that's, that's <laughs> spot on, actually. I think uh, that's my experience for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, if you're on that other... Yeah, I, f I feel like the Brooklyn had such a spotlight on it for such a long time that, it, yeah, I heard a lot of those stories too, but I was like, that's just not my experience, you know? Um, yeah, very open-minded. I think it's such a big city. Um, you can kind of make what you want with it and if you need that or you, if you want that kind of community where people help each other out you can find it and if you want the I will 
sell my grandmother in order to get on stage at Madison Square Garden. You can probably find that as well. So I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're the, I might the have former. Done that at one point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but we'd love to hear another song from you. All right, cool. So what yeah. you got for us? So, you know, I have. I was saying I have a lot of. Uh, this is a fairly. This is a fairly new song. I wrote it this past winter. Um, so it's not even uh, properly recorded. I have like a demo version on my Bandcamp, but. It's called Wonderful. It was more of a, you know, a lot of these songs are much more fleshed out um, and produced. So, like, you know, being a singer-songwriter playing out with an acoustic guitar really strips it down, but there's a lot more going on in the recorded versions of these. So, uh, so yeah, this one's called Wonderful. Um, I was going to ask, or the, the thought came into my mind as you were playing that, 
how your music or the lyricism in your music has changed since moving back to Vermont. And then you kind of went into that refrain where it was cabin fever, cabin fever. And now, admittedly, you did come back during COVID. So, I mean, <laughs> yes, you, you exactly. could have very well been writing that in Brooklyn, I'm sure. Right. But has, has that been the case? Have you seen uh, more lyrics talking about this area that you're in and, and kind of more of the culture and community here versus... Uh, well, not versus Brooklyn, but how how your lyricism has changed because of that 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 place change. Absolutely, um, you know, I think like moving back here, you know, it definitely was a an adjustment, you know, uh, and uh, lyrically, at least with this song, I was trying to do. I find that being in a different place, a different space, different town, whatever, like always brings out something new, like some kind of new melody or some new words and uh so this one like kind of came out really fast uh and it was on a day where i wasn't feeling <laughs> it was in january so it was the yeah. the pits of winter and like yeah. we were definitely felt a bit of like a struggle um so i was trying to write or i just felt like in a better mood that day or something and so that's what this came out and i was kind of really trying to uh reflect a little bit on that journey to where I, I find myself now, and uh, and that always, you know, I, I feel like a lot of my older songs lyrically might have like been a little darker or maybe a little bit more heady. Uh, so, if anything, I feel like this move has just kind of opened me up a little bit more uh, to trying to write in a different way with a, like a different lens, I guess. Right? Like you know, um, it's like you know, it sounds a little cheesy maybe, but like writing with different colors, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so, but a lot of times I will, I, I usually get the music first, you know, and the melody first. So, um, so the, the words, this one was like a lot more automatic. Some songs I just really. As the melody comes over. first, and I am not a songwriter. I do not have a musical bone in my body, which is why I do this rather than play any music. Um, so I can, you know, <laughs> be part of it in some way or another. Um, but I, I would imagine um, if the music comes first, that is really the subconscious coming through and then you write the lyrics to match. And it's not like you really get a choice of what that melody is going to be. That's just right. going to be the product of your environment at the time. Does that that make sense? Or yeah, is that, is that absolutely. Not how you see it? It is very much a subconscious. Like I mean, for me, that's always been lyrically, like the impetus is just like sometimes I'll just get some whole placeholder words uh, to fit the melody and the rhythm, and those end up being I'm like, oh well, I don't need to change this. Why? <laughs> like this one, I had that first line like memorize your fantasize, and mm. I don't know why it just came out, but it made a lot of sense because. I think sometimes we like forget about you know the things that we fantasize about like that's okay like that's that's as real as anything else you know mm -hmm. so kind of holding on to some of that stuff uh, I personally find it interesting when you uh, a reflection of what what you were fantasizing back maybe six twelve months ago a year two years and then you actually having that in that moment and then obviously it's being different because the fantasy is never going to kind of fit with reality, but kind of having that sudden jolt of realizing that the thing you actually fantasized about such a long time ago is actually your current reality. It's, it sometimes kind of comes as a jolt. And yeah, yeah. I'd imagine when you were sitting in Brooklyn and, and thinking about Vermont, you probably had a lot of fantasies of what this would be. Um, yes. 
has that actually fit kind of, of what you were imagining? The Obviously, never can properly, but um, in some ways, yes. You know, I think uh, you know, I, I think when I closed my eyes in Brooklyn, thought about us moving back. Like I definitely thought about wide open space and you know, and water and trees and mm. just being much more in tune with nature and I, I, I feel like that has definitely played out, um, you know. But yeah, there are certain things that you, you know, I hadn't been here in 24 years or whatever, so I felt like, or I had been here, I'd visited, but I, had, I still had held on to those experiences I had when mm -hmm. I was in high school growing up and I was like culturally sometimes I was like, oh, this is gonna be a big shift, you know, but, um, but I find overall, especially since COVID has kind of dissipated a little bit, cross fingers, mm -hmm. it's uh, just been meeting more people. I think that's it. You know, I think, I think the richness of life's experience is the people in your life, you know what I mean? And so we've met a lot more people in the last few months, and it's like, oh, wait, there's life. And <laughs> yeah, right. There's interconnectivity in it. That's inspiring. It's like a switch in May where all the people suddenly come out of the street or, you know, <laughs> yeah. into the bay, and you're like, hold on a second, I don't remember any of you people for the last six months. Uh, right, where were you? Pop out of a hole or something? <laughs> where have you been? Yeah. Uh, and it's actually just been people scurrying from cars to buildings, and that's why you've not really seen them. Um, in Brooklyn, obviously, you, the, the, there was this huge community. You were very intentional about meeting that community with the showcase. Um, obviously, North Hero, you're not going to get as many people kicking around. Right. Has that affected your your songwriting and producing music? Because you you are more in isolation, not not obviously out really out of choice, but more out of circumstance. Right. Yeah, I've been experienced. I feel like you know, especially we moved last July, so. You know, for the better part of the fall and the winter, early spring, I was, I find myself experimenting more. I have more space to make music physically. I have like an actual room that I don't, mm. without the double as like a, you know, a bedroom. Right. <laughs> You're not doing any roommate's room as he's out no, getting the shopping know, or something. It, the, the kids' <laughs> playroom is right there and it's slowly encroaching, but that's cool. Uh, but yeah, I feel like I've just been more willing to be a little bit more experimental again, which I used to be. And then I kind of like got tied into like, the songs I was performing as a solo artist, as a, as a band, and uh, and so I've, I've, you know, I bought a, a couple synths, and I've been like just looping things, and just, you know, I brought a piano back from Brooklyn, uh, and I never really played piano, um, just dabbled. So I, I spend a lot of time with all the t extra time I had in the winter, uh, trying to teach myself and write on that as well, like use a different instrument to write. So, but. But yeah, now, you know, I've been performing a lot in the past few months and, uh, and I've definitely found some community in, in, even in North Hero, you know, like there's a couple breweries out there that are doing live music, like Kramer and Ken and Two Heroes and I love people Two Heroes. there are wonderful and like so welcoming. And uh, so I've been kind of helping organize shows there and try to bring other musicians into the fold. Uh, I love that you're still doing the organizing. I, I swear, I swear <laughs> once, it's in, once you get started with the organizing, it's very difficult to stop finding Power and numbers, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier on you had a collaboration partner, Ronnie Fell, who you played with for mm -hmm. six, six, five, six years, something, something like that. Uh, yeah, we played, I mean, we've known each other for almost 20 years, and uh, we, we played together for the majority of that. So oh, we wow. recorded even before we... We started with like a drum machine, you know. And I was playing bass and he was playing guitar, but we're both songwriters, so, uh, so 
And you played, you know, obviously a lot in New York or around New England. Uh, and so it feels like, or at least from the impression I got, that you were more of a duo in that stage of your musical career, whereas, whereas now you're far more of a solo artist. Um, what, what experiences do you take from that kind of uh, situation with, as a duo, kind of like a, as a partner in music that you've now brought with you into that solo sphere? Um, I mean, he, you know, I mean, it was a duo, but then it quickly became a trio with, oh, okay. with my other, my friend Raj, um, who's the drummer. Um, Best drummer. It was like an astronomical change from a drum, drum machine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he in that band in our band Avo, we we did like almost like a fifty fifty split of songwriting and singing and vocals. So it, it forced me to try like to get into his head a little bit of how he writes a song and like and it's so different than the way I would write a song and uh and so I feel like that cross-pollination of ideas and influence I mean we had the same we had a lot of the same musical influences but the way we uh filtered those out into what we were writing was very different and uh and that's it was that was like I think the magic of that chemistry for me um and we still we're still playing music and writing music together uh He's he bounces around a lot, but he's in Burlington right now. So, and my my buddy Rob plays drums. So we're uh, we've been you know working on something new. I was gonna say, have you had the opportunity to kind of get back into into some kind of, at least a practice space to kind of uh, fix me up? It sounds like you have. Yeah, I mean, I have. You know, it's funny. I have a barn. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was, so when we like found this house, I was like, oh my god, a barn! I'm gonna like turn that into like a recording studio and rehearsal space. I mean. That's slow going. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, my buddy Rob, he uh, runs Pitchfork Farms. and uh, Oh, nice. Yeah. My office space is right next to that. Oh, yeah. In, uh, in, in the, the soda plant, yeah. Awesome. A small, I mean, small town. Yeah, it's a very small life. town. <laughs> but yeah, he has, a, you know, we have a, he has a little loft in his wash station. And that's where we rehearse sometimes, although it's been, it gets pretty hot up there these days. But uh, yeah, but it, and we just recorded in my basement, you know, like, so, like, we find some space, but uh, whenever and wherever we can, is, it's kind of nice, so. Um, actually, I'm going to save this one till after the next song, so, yeah, what have you got for us? Um, all right, so the next song is a, it's a bit of an older song, um, song I wrote, like, some, well, probably, like, 12 years ago or whatever. Uh, it's called Ark, and... It's, uh, I wrote this actually up in Vermont, like at a friend's house, and it's definitely much more of a reflection on, uh, myself, as, you know, most songs are, but also <laughs> on a friend I, I had lost years ago. Um, so this is, I guess, a way of processing it. Flood. 
Filled with pretty faces Perfect hiding places And a taste for blood For blood, for blood Little bridges burning And the dance of morning Made it disappear Widows in the windows Windows in the water Water in my ear There were gains and there were Things I lost in transit Things I threw away Little pieces of the People once collected Hoping that they'd stay They'd stay They'd stay Away 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 I was in the garden When the rain had started to Leak up through the earth And I knew These are empty pages Bedding for the cages Where the wild are tamed Dreaming doesn't soothe me Dreams they run right through me Till they clog the drain There were falling stars out In the yard but they were Buried in the snow Instead I chased a comet Grabbed its tail, got on it I refused to ever Let it go So the crunch beneath is a star now decomposed in a freshly fallen snow. Ark there by Louise Betancourt. Uh, so as you mentioned, that was a song about a friend you lost. Um, when you're writing songs like that, as you mentioned, you wrote it 12 years ago, and I, I don't know how long ago you lost your friend. Um, in with those kind of songs with like such stark emotions, be it obviously loss, grief, or joy, elation, um, do you need to write those in the moment, or is it a case of you can kind of go back at a later stage and kind of almost lasso that feeling from such a long time ago and kind of bring it back to you? And write about it and you know if you do do that how does that contrast between those songs you wrote in the moment yeah uh, I feel like that this and this song in particular was written years removed um, and I almost find it easier to write a little bit more coherently and lucidly with that with some distance uh, you know I'm, I know a lot of people are like oh you know just you know process your grief or process your pain through through art but I find that it's always that automatic and sometimes I find myself doing the very opposite like sing, writing a very upbeat song like mm -hmm. in a time of, of duress or whatever uh, 
But yeah, this song, I, I, I find that a lot of my songs are kind of much more image driven and heavy. And so this song wasn't, I don't think, consciously about that loss so much as like, you know, I, there's a line like threw a body under uh, just a cloud of white or whatever. And uh, you know, I did spread uh, this woman's ashes. And I remember that being a very powerful uh, image in my mind in spreading them in water. And I feel like that kind of juxtaposed with like looking outside of another friend's window where I was staying when I wrote the song and looking at the snow. And mm. it just, I guess, triggered some of those feelings or, and that those feelings come out in the music, I feel like, more than in the words almost. Because uh, it's not directly, you know, about this loss or this person's death. So I guess it's more that, you know, you, you kind of had this experience and then later on in life there's these moments that you can't really control that kind of ping those neural pathways again and you kind of remember and because of that space you're actually able to fully process at that point or, or get yeah. closure from it I guess absolutely yeah yeah some closure I think is also achieved in that kind of moment uh, you know I was just thinking about I was now just looking at the words and like oh yeah it's like a lot of it is kind of like reflecting on who I was when mm. that loss happened and you know how I've changed and how I mean that yeah you change with the way you change in response to losing someone right so right um, as a singer songwriter it was quite remarkable to like kind of flick back through some of those old songs or even write about times when you were younger and it's almost you've got like an archive of of yourself of, of these emotions of these feelings of where you are I'm, I'm kind of jealous of that i mean i'd have to go back through my google docs and read some very dry policy <laughs> paper or something like that and realize you know maybe i was bringing in the feelings about losing someone at that point in time that's why i was feeling so terse or something you know it's interesting <laughs> <laughs> i mean it come out in any spreadsheet maybe. <laughs> right exactly uh, yeah um so uh i want to talk about the the new album you've got out um so it's called Find It Feels. Yes. Um, it's it, the third solo album. I, I read of the other two, uh, uh, Plan, in 2021. You had your first in 2013, which unfortunately yeah. went down. It's probably my, th it's I think my 13th Oh my solo God, album. I'm way off. I'm... <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, you had the three of us, right? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like it's, a lot of it's gone through different incarnations. Like there was one album that had like some other musicians playing with me, but most of them have been just me. So, yeah, this one I released in the spring. Yeah. And it was definitely more of my New York, that classic transition album, right? So mm -hmm. like, I wrote most of those songs. And uh, actually, in my f next to Jalopy, there's a, a tavern that the owners of Jalopy mm -hmm. own. And uh, it's also called Jalopy. <laughs> and uh, during the pandemic, it was closed a lot. And so I was, I'm a teacher. I'm a special educator. And so I'd go in there at night just to get a little space to lesson plan. And then I'd end up, you know, grabbing a guitar or whatever. And I ended up writing most of the songs on this album, on this album there at, you know, and you know, it definitely, I think reflects a little bit more of the, the weariness with COVID and like the sadness, but it also the anxiety of uprooting my family and mm. moving and, uh, and I don't know, there's a definitely a heavy influence, like a lot of my musical influences, I think, are a little bit more direct in this, like, you know, Elliot Smith, for instance, is like a huge 
influence. Uh, and I find some of the songs, I'm like, oh, those are remarkably <laughs> Elliot-like. <laughs> but, but I finished it here. So, yeah, it, I, yeah, I mixed it when we moved and added, tweaked some things, but... So it's kind of got a foot in both camps, this album. As you said, it's a transitional album. So yeah. That, kind of, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, actually, one of the songs on it I, was the first song I wrote when I moved. And I just felt like, feeling-wise, it like, kind of belonged on this album versus my next, you know, first yeah. Vermont album. <laughs> so. And this one came out quite, quite quickly after the, the one in uh, 2021, Pan. So yeah. there must have been a lot of thoughts you were having at that time. You must have been quite brimming with some creative energy to go... From I'm assuming in 2021 you didn't write most of those songs, but you know it was probably the year or two before, and then you had this uh, that album, and then the the album came out just a year later. You, yeah. If you if you feel like you're coming out or still within this creative space, it was interesting. Those two albums next to each other, the one before it, Pan, uh, was more of an electronic album. I actually torn a ligament in my thumb, and I was doing I was in therapy, hand therapy for right when the pandemic broke out, and so then of course you right. can't. <laughs> that was an impossibility. So I ended up switching to just mostly keys and synth and electronics. I was very much like, you know, one of my great loves is Arthur Russell. And mm. I was very much into what he had been doing uh, later in his life. And so that kind of inspired that. But meanwhile, as I was gaining strength in my hands, I was writing like some guitar licks and things. So I, I feel like I had like some riffs that were like mm, ready kind of made, ready made and ready to go for the next album. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, it was a, it was a return to the guitar for me, so to speak. So you've already kind of alluded to potentially bringing out another record that's pure mm -hmm. Vermont, you know, uh, in the barn, written, recorded, all the rest of it. Um, is, is that something that you see close on the horizon or is this kind of more of a, all right, kind of got my feet under the table now, I'm going to let this simmer, let the last album kind of sit and then you know, yeah. get around to this last one when, <laughs> when, I, when I have time for it. This one, I'm like, I guess I've been taking a little bit more time writing songs since I moved back. I mean, a part of it is just the, the, trend, the adjustment to a new life uh, and also the fact that I have a, a six-year-old and a two-year-old, you know, yeah. like my... <laughs> My two-year-old Paloma, she's running around everywhere now, so it's, uh, I guess I don't find as much time to, to write, which is fine. I, I feel like building up experiences, mm. new experiences helps with the writing, so. But that being said, yeah, I mean, I was, like, over the winter, I was, like I said, teaching myself how to play piano, and the only way I can teach myself, because I don't have the patience for charts and stuff, yeah. <laughs> was to write songs, like, you know, and they're they all probably sound the same. Uh, but it's funny because I have like eight piano songs with me melodies and lyrics and words, but I would never play live probably. Yeah. They're <laughs> not ready yet. It's together, but it's there. It's like, yeah. like one of those lost albums. But, kind um, of like a nebula and eventually it's going to coalesce into like a star, but at the moment it's still very much nebulous. Yeah. But right now I'm just trying to experiment with like new sounds. Like, yeah. right, so I'm just trying to... I wanted to do something very different you know i'm, I'm kind of restless like stylistically so and i'm sure having that two-year-old as you said doesn't afford you a lot of time especially with the six-year-old as well although yeah. I'm sure the six-year-old's probably a little bit more independent now yeah she is um but I, I don't have kids myself, but I, I can imagine as someone creative like yourself, as you said, it kind of those experiences are just kind of filling up the tank, and eventually you're going to be able to use that fuel. But at the moment, it's just kind of like sitting there, ready and wait. 
That's perfectly said. Actually. That's <laughs> exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, before I let you uh, play us out, um, you you have been you did say you've been busy this summer. You've been playing at a couple of uh, great breweries. Um, and uh, tell us where we can watch you play if you've got any more gigs for the rest of the summer. And if people want to give you a listen, where will they find you? Oh, great. Um, yeah, I mean, I just did a long string of shows at various places, including, you know, even down at the Ramble at mm. Mudit Poutine oh. and uh, played at Arrowhead uh, Lodge in Milton last, last Friday night. It was actually a wonderful space and wonderful people. Um, my next gig is August 27th. Um, at the Kramer and Can Brewery in Alberg, actually, so it's a little further up there. Uh, but they just opened that spot in in April, and they've been really trying to like foster like weekly music series there. Um, so I'm playing with my dear friend Jennifer Millich, who actually uh, lives in Brooklyn, and she's a wonderful, amazing uh, songwriter in her own right. And so we for years have actually shared bills together. So this is kind of going to be a special show, August 27th, mm. where uh, she's going to play a set, I'm going to play a set, and hopefully we'll play a couple songs together. Um, but otherwise, I, you know, now that the school year is mm, right. on the horizon, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to keep playing as much as possible. Um, you know, I used to play Radio Bean a lot years ago and whenever I came back into town. So just try to keep as many shows going. Uh, I have a band camp that... Is the easiest place to find all my music, and then I have like Spotify and all that stuff. But um, yeah, just find me on social media. <laughs> I'm trying to book as it's it's crazy. It went from like zero shows. I could not find. I couldn't kind of break into it. Right. I think it was also COVID. You know right. what I mean? Like, that sort of there's hit, nothing yeah. happening, and then all of a sudden, there's like all these wonderful musicians trying to like play out so at the start of this year we all kind of went back into lockdown briefly i feel just before spring really hit and you know <laughs> that's right we were meant to have the whole thing the arts riot and that whole thing got shut uh, down and yeah. you know kept hearing from other artists that there yeah. was nowhere to play and then all of a sudden as you've been saying it was just there was a, a an embarrassment of riches when it comes to how many available slots there were around the state so oh, absolutely it's yeah. But it's great. I mean, the energy's there, and it's nice to, like, find all these little pockets of community. Yeah, I'm hoping to get together a band and, you know, go out there and start rocking out a little bit more, too. Well, <laughs> so. tell more people you've got a ba uh, band to play, and I'm sure they'll come, come calling immediately. Yes. Uh, well, so. we'd love to hear a final song. So what you got for us? All right, so I have... Let's see here. No, I've left it. I said quite a little collection here. <laughs> uh, this one is one I don't actually play often, uh, out often, but it's, uh, it's a song I wrote years ago, but right before I had, right before we had our first kid. So it's called Belly. Clouds pour from your tear ducts and to blooms on your tongue and you chew more than you can swallow. Know that time bends to the ways we 
contend and relent Sit down, I'll bring you some water Breathe in, I'll bake us some bread We'll eat it in bed And the forest that grows on my head Is the perfect nest for your Though at times my feet drag, know I'll be ready When a child swims in your belly But to home at last Whenever, however it has Didn't it happen so fast, baby, baby? And my elbows get cut on my toes, and my out there with belly thank you so much for coming in this has been great thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it it's yeah. a wonderful experience anytime and uh, looking forward to the new album please come back in when it's done and so you can awesome. play it to us and promote it and all the rest love it thank you <laughs> all right cheers uh well you can catch us uh, next week uh where we're gonna have the tyler mass band in but for tonight this has been WOMMLP operating out burlington vermont 105.9 the radiator the rocket shop I've been your host, Tom Proctor, and good night. Cool. Yeah. Cheers, thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh, really nice, man. Appreciate it. I didn't even get to...